have to um, go through the book and just highlight a few of the verses. Um, thank you, church body, for the opportunity to speak this morning. Um, I do want to share an introduction that I do have a hidden agenda, not really hidden agenda. My agenda when I am blessed with the opportunity to speak is Lord willing to ignite a passion for God's Word. When I spend time in God's Word, His Spirit speaks to my heart. And that's where I have pieces of understanding of how much God loves me. I feel blessed to live in a country where we're free to read His Word. Um, Sometimes I feel like I take it for granted much too easily. So this morning as we look into God's Word, I hope that the uh, enjoyment of His Word touches your heart. Some of you may know this story very well, some uh, uh, this account, forgive me, I've been trying to learn not to say Bible story, because it's not a story. It's an account of what happened to God's people, and when we believe in Christ and we receive His Spirit, and we become His child, we are God's people. So these are the accounts of what happened to our people in the past. Um, I do have to share a quick spoiler alert. This account has a happy ending. Now, I don't know if you're like me or... When I was growing up, most TV shows, The Waltons, Little House on the Prairie, even other shows, they had a happy ending. I uh, recently been reunited, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent real quick, with a show that I loved called In the Heat of the Night. This show also had a happy ending. Uh, I don't know at what time period shows and movies that didn't have a happy ending became so popular, but I, I prefer a happy ending. So, spoiler alert, we have a happy ending here. But when we get to the ending, we're going to see there's another ending that never ends, that is a happy ending for us. So this account takes place, we find out in, there in chapter 1, in the time that the judges ruled Israel. And at the very, if you turned your page, the Bible, back a book, uh, a, pa- a few pages to the very last verse of Judges, it tells us that at this time Israel had no king, and the people did as they saw right in their own eyes. So it gives us a little picture of what's happening with God's people at this time period. Uh, There was a famine in the land of Judah. This account starts with a man named Elimelech, and I just love that name. I like saying it. So do the kids in Sunday school. Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, they sought to live somewhere else for food. Along with Elimelech and his wife Naomi came his, uh, their two sons, Elimelech and Naomi, had two sons, and I cannot pronounce their names correctly, but it sounds like Malon, or looks like Malon and Kilion. They moved to the land of Moab, we assume, and the commentaries tell us for food. Malon and Kilion 
take wives in the land of Moab. They marry Moabite, a Moabite women by the name of Orpah and Ruth. So now we know our characters, our main characters. Uh, we're going to learn another main character soon, but very shortly in the first chapter, Elimelech passes away. Then we're told about 10 years later in chapter 1 that Malon and Kilion pass away. Naomi is left without a husband or sons. Severe tragedy has hit Naomi's world. Naomi, we found out in chapter 1, gets word that back in Judah, Bethlehem, there is crops again. Food is growing. So she decides to go back. Naomi um, urges Orpah and Ruth to go back to their families, to meet new husbands, to have security for their lives, um, to start over. They all break down and weep, we're told. So don't, we don't know how long Naomi and Orpah and Ruth were together. We just only know after a time period of about 10 years that that's when she gets word and that there's food back in Judah, and now she is a widow and has lost both her sons. Ruth and Orpah are crying, so I can only assume that during the time period that they were together as a family, they formed a family bond. Don't know what Ruth or Orpah's life was like growing up with their family, but when they connected with Naomi and Elimelech and Malon and Kilion, there must have been a good bond. And I can only assume, and I'm probably assuming out of stretch, it's because they were God's people. And we see later that Naomi believes in the one true living God. And maybe they, that had an impact on Naomi and Ruth, possibly. They break down and cry. Ruth and Orpah both say in verse 10, we want to go with you to your people. Naomi replies, why should you go with me? No, of course not. Things are far too bitter for me. The Lord has raised his fist against me. Do not go with me. Go back to your families. Start new lives. Orpah hugs and kisses Naomi and leaves. Naomi says to Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, to her gods. You should too. Ruth, at this moment, in chapter 1, verse 16, which is on the board, says, Ruth replies, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw 
that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Ruth has loyal commitment to Naomi. I will love someday to have an instant replay and see the bond and how it was grown between Ruth and Naomi. I also am very interested to know more about Ruth's character, that what brought her to this point to show this loyal commitment. This is a sacrifice on Ruth's part. Naomi has nothing. And she's committed to staying with her and taking care of her, so much so that she gives these heartfelt verses that we just read. This loyal commitment reminds me, or is maybe even symbolic, to the Holy Spirit and His commitment to us as a comforter. Ruth shows loyalty, kindness, mercy, and love. Knowing that you're loved during hardships is helpful. Every single one of us has had a traumatic life experience that has changed and made an imprint on our lives. Those of us in the family of God that have been there for each other and shared those experiences with each other, it formed a bond that is strong. This is a bond between Ruth and Naomi. So Naomi and Ruth travel back to Judah. As they arrive, the people are excited. The people in the town greet Naomi. They're excited to see Naomi. Naomi's response at this point is still in sadness and devastation. She says, the Lord has made my life bitter. Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for my life is now bitter. I went away from this land full, and I come back empty. This is to give us an understanding of where Naomi is at. But on the other hand, if I was Ruth hearing Naomi say this, I might have had my feelings hurt if I was in a selfish state of mind. Isn't it easy to get in a selfish state of mind and get hung up on personal thoughts and problems? I can almost picture Ruth's commitment and loyalty of having understanding of where Naomi is. She understands that she's devastated and hurt and saying this. If Naomi wasn't in a devastation state of mind, she would not say that. That I went away full and came back empty. All I have now is my daughter-in-law. She wouldn't have said that. She was in a state of devastation. And Ruth had enough patience to accept that and understand that. And again, I'm just reading this and assuming this. This book doesn't go into great details over these these, uh, little character traits. Naomi and Ruth return to Judah in the late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. 
is what we find out at the end of chapter 1. Chapter 2, Ruth says to Naomi, let me go out to follow the harvesters and collect food. And if you know anything from learning about uh, the Israelites in the past and the laws they set up and their traditions, they left corners of the field and they left food on the ground for the uh, less fortunate to come and collect to have food to eat. Naomi agrees and says, Ruth, yes, please go do this. Ruth goes out to a field to start to pick up after the harvesters. And the field just so happened to belong to a man named Boaz, who is our other character in this account of Ruth. She works all morning, and we don't know the time period of when Naomi and Ruth came back until this day. But it was long enough for word to get spread about Ruth and what she did for Naomi. Boaz comes to the field to greet his harvesters. He sees them all, greets them, and he notices Ruth out there with the women picking up what she can find. He asks his foreman, who is this woman out here? The foreman tells him, oh, that is Ruth who came back with Naomi. Boaz speaks to Ruth. Boaz shows kindness to Ruth. He knows Ruth's character and what Ruth has done for Naomi. Boaz says to Ruth, stay in these fields with these women. The harvesters will be kind to you and help yourself to water. This is a great kindness that the owner of the field would show to her. Only because word of what Ruth did for Naomi has spread around. Boaz knows about Ruth's kindness to Naomi. In chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, well, actually, I'm sorry. Ruth fell at Boaz's feet and thanked him and said, why are you doing this for me? I am a foreigner. That is the verse before this one. She tells Boaz, I am a foreigner. And that's very important to understand in this text. She is a Moabite woman among Israelites, treated differently. She is a foreigner. Boaz says, yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Boaz goes on from here to show more kindness to Ruth. The harvesters stop for a meal. Boaz invites Ruth to have some food from the dinner table, and Boaz gives more food to her. When everyone goes back to work, Boaz now shows even more kindness. He instructs them to leave behind heads of barley on purpose for Ruth and Naomi. Now at this point, Ruth goes home. 
she brings home this food to Naomi. Naomi, for the first time, is ecstatic. And she exclaims, where did you get all this food? Ruth tells her where she harvested in the fields belonging to Boaz. Naomi is even more excited and says, Boaz is showing kindness not only to you, but to our husbands. For Boaz is a relative of Elimelech. And the Israelites have a tradition. They have a family redeemer. Some versions call it a kingsman redeemer. And Naomi tells Ruth, this man Boaz is a close relative of your father-in-law, Elimelech, our family redeemer. Us church people that speak church language, redeemer, we use those the word of Christ redeeming us of our sins when we believe in him. And we understand the definition of that word redeemer. We know it when we've accepted Christ and he cleansed our heart and made us whole. When he placed his spirit inside of us as a comforter and constant help, we know and understand the word redeemer. Redeemer had a different definition for Ruth and Naomi. Same but different. Ruth told her mother-in-law, also, Boaz said, for me to return to his fields until the whole harvest is done. Naomi is ecstatic. She says, yes, do that. You will be safe there. The harvesters will not be cruel to you. Ruth continued, as we see in the end of chapter 2, to harvest there. And what we're seeing as a time period, she continued through the barley harvest and through the wheat harvest. And the timeline we see is late spring into early summer, which may have been a month, month and a half, or longer. And by this time, Ruth, by this time in chapter 3, Naomi has a plan to find a permanent home for Ruth. Naomi shares this plan with Ruth. Now, I don't understand this plan completely, and I'm going to share with what I do understand from reading God's word, that Naomi told Ruth to take a blanket, and when Boaz was finished at the threshing floor that evening and had fallen asleep, to cover his feet with the blanket and to lay at his feet. Okay? That's what Naomi told Ruth to do. Ruth was in submission to Naomi and obeyed her. I think that's the important part of what happens here from what I understand. But Boaz wakes up and he um, has a great reaction. In verse... 10 of chapter 3, Boaz states, The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaims, 
you are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before. For you have not gone after younger men, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it is true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Surely stay here, and in the morning I will talk to him if he is uh, willing to redeem you. So Ruth goes home and tells Naomi what happened. And Naomi reassures Ruth, Boaz will do exactly as he says. So this is more of an Israelite tradition that I, I don't know a lot about. But when someone passes away, the family redeemer can claim their land, their property, and even their spouses to keep the name going. Okay? And so Boaz tells Ruth, You've shown even more kindness than before by doing this. You could have gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor, but she showed kindness. So we're painting, a, the, God's words painted a picture that Boaz was possibly older and that Ruth was being submissive to Naomi and following her direction and believing what Naomi told her. She did what Naomi told her, and Boaz accepts Ruth and tells her that I will go see the family redeemer that is closer than I am. Next day, as we find out in chapter 4, Boaz uh, presents this to his relative, the closer family redeemer than he is, with an audience of witnesses so that it could all be legally verified, and he shares with his relative about Elimelech's property, his land, and he doesn't mention Ruth, but Elimelech's relative says, yes, I will redeem it. Maybe, as we read it, maybe he interrupted uh, Boaz in excitement. Oh, great, here's a chance to gain some crops and property. And then Boaz says, and of course, you will take Naomi and Ruth and marry Ruth to be your wife. Uh, Boaz's relative says, no, I cannot. That would damage my estate. If you are willing, you claim it. You be the redeemer, the kingsman redeemer. So Boaz says, I will. They make an exchange with agreement. And Boaz and Ruth are married. Verse, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 Then Boaz said to the elders in the cloud standing around, You are witnesses today that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon, and with the land I have required Ruth, the Moabite widow of Malon, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all my witnesses today. God blesses Boaz and Ruth with a child. This is also a blessing for Naomi. If you think about where she was and where she is now, having a grandson. 
Verse 14 and 15. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. This child may be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. What a wonderful compliment the women of the town made to Naomi and also to Ruth. Seeing as Ruth is a foreigner, a Moabite, but her character and her loyalty and kindness rose above her nationality and what she was looked upon on the outside. The happy ending is Ruth is now part of a family. Naomi is part of a family. And they have a child. Their child's name is Obed. And Obed's name is also mentioned in Samuel and also Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, in the lineage of our Savior, our Redeemer. Obed's son is Jesse. And if you remember, Jesse had a visit by Samuel to pick the second king of Israel. Sam, Jesse's son was David. And as we know, David is in the family line of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. This is a happy ending, not only for Ruth and Naomi, certainly Boaz, but most especially for us, the ending that will never end, because when we receive Christ as our Savior, we have a hope for eternity with Him forever, where He will reign forever. Praise God. In closing, we looked at this account of Ruth and Naomi and their hardships and how wonderful it is to see the dawn in their life of new beginning with Boaz and Obed. It's a blessing. Sometimes hardships don't turn with that blessing. But the eternal blessing we do have, and that is what we have to look forward to. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God will neither fail you nor abandon you. Please pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your family and being a part of your family. We ask, Lord, that we would be encouraged this morning through this count of Ruth that we are a part of your family, God. Help us to be strong and courageous through hardships and difficulties in life. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would see that dawn and new horizon of a blessing while we are here on earth. But we know the reality, Lord, that some discouragements and frustrations here on earth we will never see a dawn and new horizon on.
here on earth, but eternity with you is our dawn and new horizon. In Jesus' name we pray this, amen.